This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, what's going on about last night, listeners? Adam Ray here. Quick question for you. You guys like making great money, right? Yeah, of course you do. It'd be weird if you were like, no, man, I hate making great money. I like being poor and eating macaroni and cheese off of the ground. Well, here's a really cool opportunity I just had to share with you. Driving with Uber. Uber, that's right. You ever heard of it? That popular smartphone app that connects riders with drivers? Of course you've heard of it. Everybody fucking uses it. I take Uber all the time when I'm trying to not drink and drive, when I'm trying to get to my shows uh, quickly uh, without waiting for uh, people to move their cars in the packed comedy club parking lots. Uh, Also, when you take Uber and you get to chat with different drivers from all over the world, some of the most interesting stories and conversations I've ever had have been with people who drive with Uber. I met a guy a few weeks ago who used to book colleges, book colleges around the country, and I've now gotten gigs out of it because this dude and I just hit it off about music, comedy. That's why dudes are great. Takes very little information for us to bond. We're like, what's up, man? You like food? Oh, too great. You like sports? Dude, dude, what is happening here? We are really really developing some camaraderie. People who drive with Uber love it. You know why? Because they love being their own boss. They love making great money, and they love how it's so easy to start. All you need is a car and a license. Driving with Uber is great for anyone who needs flexibility. Parents, if you're trying to drive with Uber, guess what? It's super easy to work around your family schedule. Students, if you want to drive with Uber, you can do it because you can make great money in between your classes. Now is the prime time to cash in driving with Uber. You'll thank me. I'm telling you, you'll thank me for telling you how to get paid every week, man. I I could be getting into your car when you drive with Uber right now and giving you cash. So get on it, get to it, and start making some dope money by driving with Uber. If you've got a car and you've got a license, put them both to work today and start earning serious life-changing money. All you got to do to sign up is visit drivewithuber.com. That's drivewithuber.com. Drivewithuber.com. Don't be a goober. Drive with Uber. Drive with Uber. And now enjoy a very special brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. Hey everybody, it's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Well, I am doing this intro from home. Oh shit, I'm home, finally. It, uh, man, I know what it was like when, uh, when the cast of Homeward Bound made it, uh, made it home for the first time. I haven't seen that movie in so long. It wasn't a, it was a dog and a cat and fuck, what was the third animal? A wolf? Jesus, that's not right. Uh, <laughs> but that would for sure be a movie I would watch. Uh, the story of a wolf, a cat, and a dog trekking it across the nation to get home so they could get their kibbles and bits, their pedigree, and their fucking wolf food. I don't know what wolves eat. Uh, anyway, I've been gone for almost a month um, doing a movie, doing a show um, that I, I co-hosted with my buddy uh, and, and hilarious comic Eliza Schlesinger uh, that we did for TBS, did about 15 episodes. That'll be premiering in November. It's called Separation Anxiety. Really pumped about that show. You guys will start seeing uh, all sorts of stuff for it soon. Um, uh, shot that, did, did Ghostbusters, and then went to uh, New York City for the last four days to uh, to do some shows, and then open for 
uh, five-timer of the ALN podcast, Mr. Brent Morin. He recorded his one-hour Netflix stand-up comedy special. It's a huge deal, man. They don't give these out to everybody. Brent, of course, is uh, you know a rising star in the scene, uh, one of the stars of Undateable. Uh, it's coming back for season three this fall. And uh, he crushed it, man. He, he asked me to open for him at the Gramercy Theater, where uh, Adam Devine and I uh, made our stop in New York City on the uh, Devine Tour. He did two shows, crushed it hard, man. I can't wait for you guys to see this. I think it comes out December 1st on Netflix. Uh, we shot some sketch stuff for uh, Before and After to kind of bookend the special, um, which is always fun to act with Brent because uh, we just, um, you know, we just have we got good banter. we got good chemistry. It was a lot of fun. I was pumped that he asked me to come out and do that because uh, uh, we started together, and it's, it's really fucking awesome. To see uh, your your buddies uh, achieve shit like that. I remember when we first did a show together, and now almost ten years later, he, he shot his hour special in New York City and crushed it. And uh, you guys are gonna love it. Um, so I'm back doing the intro. Uh, we got so many great episodes coming up. Uh, really pumped to be back. Uh, Brad and I are both back. We got so many great guests lined up. Um, Jesus Christ, I'm gonna just tell you one of them. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris, Doogie Howser, <laughs> is gonna be on the podcast. Uh, Howie Mandel I, The list goes on and on Keep subscribing on iTunes uh, Tell your friends about the podcast We're, our, The numbers are growing The comments on iTunes are unbelievable Take two seconds right now during the intro Go to the iTunes page If you haven't subscribed, do that And, and write a little review on the iTunes page It helps us climb the charts Give it a five-star rating and Make a little comment about how much you love the show Or how uh, how, how great you love the, the, the our, our, you know recognition of Skittles candles Whatever you love about it Give a quick review and a comment and, uh, and we really appreciate it. And, of course, go to AstoyMerchandise.com and get your uh, ALN merch. Uh, we've got some new uh, merch coming very soon, um, as, well as, uh, as well as some exciting uh, apps that are going to be coming out for the, uh, for the podcast. A lot of really great stuff we're working on. But go to Astoy Merchandise, E-S-T-O-Y Merchandise, to get your, your shirts and your mugs and support the podcast. Come out to live shows, um, which, uh, which are happening a, a lot more in the next few months as well as joint podcast shows. Uh, but today's episode is one that I have wanted to do for a long time, and this is a guy, uh, again, that I came up with uh, here in L.A. We started together at the Comedy Store, working together at the Comedy Store. He's one of the most brilliant writers um, in the business, and uh, he's super young and he's super talented, and, and his name is Tony Hinchcliffe. That's right, Tony Hinchcliffe from Youngston, Ohio, on the podcast. Um, Tony is just one of those fucking great writers that uh, you know got teased as a kid like me, turned it into comedy. Um, always had quick retorts, and uh, now he's one of the quickest dudes that you'll uh, you'll see perform. And because of that, he uh, opens for Jeff Ross, the Roastmaster General. He writes for Jeff Ross. He writes for the Comedy Central roasts. He wrote for Jeff Ross's show, The Burn. He tours with Joe Rogan. Um, he has his own podcast called Kill Tony every Monday night at 8 p.m. at the Comedy Store. Every big name you can think of has done his podcast. He gives open micers a chance to perform, uh, which is really great because not a lot of comics that, that get successful give back like that because everyone's doing their own thing. But um, Tony's made this podcast great for young comics to get advice from some of the biggest pros in the game. I'm telling you, Russell Peters, Jeff Ross... Uh, fucking Doug Benson, Tom Segura, Brett Morin, Fahim Anwar, 
uh, Santino. It, it, the list goes on and on. So subscribe to that on iTunes. Kill Tony. Joe Rogan's been on it. Don Marrera. Um, and, uh, and listen to that. Tony's just a, a great dude, and he really brought it on this podcast, and, and I'm really pumped for you guys to listen to it. Follow Tony on Twitter at Tony Hinchcliffe, H-I-N-C-H-C-L-I-F-F-E. Um, go to his website, TonyHinchcliffe.com, to, uh, to get all his tour dates. And, of course, follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. Follow Brad on Twitter at Funny Brad. I will be Las Vegas, baby. The Laugh Factory at the Tropicana. It's my third time there. I fucking love this room. If you haven't been and you live in Vegas, come out and see me. Um, two shows every night, uh, 8.30 and 10.30, starting August 31st through September 6th. That's right, Labor Day, baby. Going to be in Vegas for Labor Day, doing shows at the uh, Laugh Factory at the Tropicana. Please come out and see me. Uh, this room is incredible. It's one of the best in the country, and uh, and I got a lot of new material that I'm pumped to, uh, to drop on you guys. So come out and see me. Uh, and then also... If you want to see me in Fort Worth, Texas, make my first trip to the south, uh, middle of Texas, Fort Worth. I'm going to be at Hyenas in Fort Worth, Texas. Brad's done this room a bunch. He raves about it. Really pumped to be there for the first time. I'll be there September 17th through the 19th. Uh, come out and see me. Uh, all the dates and ticket info at AdamRayTV.com. And then I will be at the Tempe Improv uh, in Tempe, Arizona, uh, October 28th. Through November 1st with Brad Williams. It's a combo show, baby, and we're doing a live podcast on that Wednesday, uh, October 28th, and then doing shows throughout the weekend. Come get your tickets uh, at, uh, at improv.com and come out and see Brad and I. It's an ALN combo show. We're going to start doing a lot more of those, so keep on the lookout. And of course, over Thanksgiving weekend, I'll be back at the Punchline in San Francisco. Love this club. It's one of my favorites in the world. Punchline San Fran, November 25th through the 28th. Brad Williams. Oh, baby. Where's Brad going to be at? Well, he's going to be at Chuckles Comedy Club in Corpus Christi, Texas, August 20th through the 22nd. Go see Brad at Chuckles Comedy Club in Corpus Christi, Texas, August 20th through the 22nd. And then August 27th through uh, August 30th, Brad will be at the Funny Bone in Virginia Beach. He crushes that room. Uh, he crushes everywhere. Go see Brad. He's working on his new hour. Got so much new material already. Uh, and then, of course, see Brad at the uh, Tampa Improv in Tampa, Florida, September 18th through the 20th. Get your tickets at improv.com. Uh, so many great things coming up for the podcast for um, for Brad and I professionally. It's a really fun time. We just can't thank you guys enough for your tweets and your emails and your support. Um, shit, I mean, uh, it, it's it's so much fun doing the show and and seeing the feedback and you guys, the people that came to the shows in New York at the Gramercy that told me they were fans of the podcast and 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 tweeting me hashtag Clooney Boop. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. And with the guests we got coming up. Uh, it's it's only going to get better. So keep on following. Keep subscribing. Come see us live. Those are the tour dates. That's all the merch info. That's all the fucking Twitter handles. And now, it's been a while since I've done this. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new special episode of the About Last Night podcast with the very funny Tony Hinchcliffe. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. No podcast during lunch, dinner, or breakfast. Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you any time of the day. So come on and treat yourself right. It's about last night. Doesn't seem like the most fun guy, maybe at dinner. 
Oh, he is. Wait, wait. So you were at a no, dinner? No, he is. The whole time. All You never... You guys know when you're at a table of comedians eating uh, a dinner, you mm-hmm. know, a good dinner, everybody's always talking and shooting yeah, jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Moore had all these comics, like eight of us, to a silence. Our jaw just dropped as he's telling us and pleading a great case on how OJ didn't do it. Really? And it's one of those yeah. things that like, wasn't really a funny topic of conversation uh-uh. to interject the way a comedian would in a We're, hangout like it's like when you're watching one like, of his movies and all yeah. of a sudden you're like whoa he has a really good point right now right except it's happening live and in conversation form was it a great point several points unbelievable Unbe- I, I didn't uh, all are of you us, converted so are, are are you now like oj didn't do it well, i don't go screaming that for off the streets <laughs> like that like, <laughs> well, i've never I'm, yelled it well i mean <laughs> I, I mean i i just expected that uh we we would go down to the oj didn't do it rally uh which is happening uh right now down on la brea we're, we're not we're not doing that no i love it no i, I don't i didn't hear about it unfortunately <laughs> they, kept it, they kept that one under michael wraps. moore seems like the type of guy that could and to quote tommy boy sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves yeah <laughs> i took me a second remember david spade said that to farley no what uh, was it ketchup pop popsicle to a woman wearing white gloves or was it uh, yeah. t- uh i don't have to stick a i i don't have to stick no, my no, hand no. of the butcher's ass or i could t- take his word for it well that's what yeah. farley says right to accurate at the well, end listen but i spade, focus on the farley line well spade <laughs> tells him that how his dad was when, he, when he's like, you can't do it, Spade's like, your dad was the best. He could sell a ketchup popsicle. Uh, okay. And then Farley goes, ketchup popsicle? What? <laughs> <laughs> That's his retort. Right. It's just, oh, what I a great duo. The, him is the straight guy with uh, Chris Farley being the goofball. That's I, just a classic. I feel, like, uh, I feel like you could be that guy. The straight guy? Yeah. Well, <laughs> a lot of people... Uh, lot Even of people, though you have a joke about it, what's your... What are your about, how about how I look gay. <laughs> yeah. Have you always had that yeah. opinion about yourself. Yeah, when you're when you're skinny and you enunciate properly, <laughs> that's pretty much gay. <laughs> I mean, it, it, has it gotten to that point now cuz it, it seems like now like everything a guy does just about is like like you know, is considered gay unless he's just sitting there uh with an open flannel shirt and a right. and a beer gut and yep. and one of those hats that has two uh, beer cans in it, yeah. like that's like the only way you cannot be considered gay. Like, like, like just be doing that. It's like, true. oh, ma- like, r- like right now, I'm drinking coconut water. Oh, you I'm know what sure that means. I- if you put coconut water in your mouth, I love to yeah. guzzle cum. That's what everyone knows. <laughs> so you can always find a way to twist it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really can. Uh huh. All right. So, how did you deal with that when you were growing up in Youngstown, Ohio? Youngstown, Ohio. But there's a W in there. But thanks for googling it <laughs> before I. Came I didn't on. Google that. No, I'm kidding. I've known that from the get go because that's a very. Anytime there's uh, a place, there's a lot of my friends. I don't know where they're from, but when it sticks out like that, always remember it. Youngston. First time I heard you, I was like, "That's just like has a." It's got a ring. Yeah. Well, it it, like, it's, it's almost been, like Pleasantville. You yeah. Know? It, it's not. It's not exactly the what you think of when you think of like a comedy hotbed. Like when yeah. someone says like, "Oh, I, I come from Austin or Chicago yeah. or something." Hey, look like who's that. talking Fullerton, California. Fullerton, California. <laughs> represent everyone came from Fullerton. Me and Michael McDonald. That's it. Wow. Yeah. That's, good too. That's actually pretty good. What's up? It's fun. <laughs> and well, uh, porn star Jenna Hayes. Nice. That, Ooh. Yeah. That's that's who Fullerton's repping. 
Fullerton might have other porn stars that uh, <laughs> just didn't get up to might. the caliber. Fullerton definitely has <laughs> probably 60 right now uh, most whose of, websites yeah. aren't updated. Most of them go to the slide bar on a Friday night. Jesus. Well, good thing they're not sponsoring this podcast anymore. <laughs> Local references. Fullerton is a breeding farm for porn stars, <laughs> right? It's got to be. Just the, the girls come out, you know, wearing knee-high socks, and the boys come out of the womb with a pizza box. <laughs> Somebody order pizza. <laughs> Always first words. Kids are cruel, but they also don't have... Uh, they lack creativity Lack creativity with sometimes. the nicknames. So yeah. for them to look at you and go, oh, that's a big head and a right. small body, big head, because small body doesn't right. have a, a, a ring to it. <laughs> yeah. Big something makes a kid... Insecure because yeah. yeah. you don't, you're like, well, nothing's big. I'm a kid. Right. I, I shouldn't. Ha- it shouldn't be big. I'm not an adult yet. So how would you retaliate? Oh, everything. That's how. That's exactly how I became. You know, the Fuck. person that I became is because of Big Head. That uh, that initial rush of Big Head, and then after that, coming back. You know, first, first grade. I was the. I got beat up on my first bus ride to my first day of first grade. Like, wow. didn't even make it that's, to the school before. That sets the tone. Yeah, totally. It's like when you get to the prison, you got to beat up the biggest guy. Like, <laughs> the, this giant uh, first grader got I mean, on the bus. And that, and, that, and that just shows you on your first day of first grade, always remember to pack your shank because <laughs> shit's going down that first day. That's right. Wait, oh so, that, so that type of abuse is what made you go, all right, I need to... Can't just fight well, back. With- I mean, there's a whole combination of why I kept going through with it. You know, my dad was a tough Italian guy. So it's like, you know, I just always looked at my weapon being my words and I got good at it and it would make people laugh in the classroom. And I hated school so much. Oh, did you? Yeah, that I would do anything to break the monotony. I was so ADD. And I wasn't like the... You weren't trying to get kicked out. I never... Right. I never physically did anything. Like, Mm -hmm. I wasn't the prankster that would touch you or slap your balls or anything like that. But I was always with my words. That was my whole thing. And if anybody touched me, I'd fucking freak out. You know what I mean? It's like, what kind of... Because you are uh, amazing with wordplay. Like, I don't know anybody better. Well, you bring it out in me. (laughs) (laughs) It's unreal, man. Like, some of the... Like, you know... You write for the roast. You write for Jeff Ross. You tour with him. You're you're so quick. You have to be because well, there's only a small window sometimes. Of that course, got to get it out in. But yeah. even just in like regular small talk, when there's no, you know, a lot there's a pressure when you're at a certain level when you're a comic to be yeah. on when you're out and about. C- certainly, uh, after like the the I, I always get anxiety if I'm out and about and someone recognizes me like, oh hey, you're the comedian. I saw you. And I'm like, oh shit, I gotta flip a switch and do something now yeah. like uh do you, i mean i can only imagine what that's like for ross like if like uh, like you've hung out with them do people just walk up to him and be like hey you're the roast guy insult me like say like, like like say something to me oh yeah yeah they do that yeah that happens sometimes and he'll fire off with that shirt you know with a you know he'll just something he'll yeah, just fire just off to get anything. it to him right somewhere. and they love it and he does and he's you know he's that quick too where to where like that's just an easy you know, but they also, you know, you're, it, you, they also, and the same thing with Rickles, I'm sure. There's also yeah. a huge thing with, you know, them setting you up that easily. Sure. And, and make fun of me yeah. with that face or, you know. Yeah. You know, and w- whatever. W- will they ever go, well, that wasn't very, that wasn't as mean as it could have no. been. No, <laughs> they love it. Yeah, because yeah. of the timing. Everyone's just looking to have their moment mm-hmm. with that person that, yeah. that, that, that then they can tell 
other people. I know right. uh, I, I had the honor of meeting Don Rickles one time, mm-hmm. and thankfully it turned into something. Uh, yeah. I was uh, backstage at Jimmy Kimmel Live. I had just done a segment. Uh, Name dropper. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this guy. Jesus Jimmy Kimmel. Um, the king of uh, the night. Uh, the first guest was Howard Stern. Is wow. that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, no. Well, well, the first guest was Rickles. Uh, I did a bit. And every, because he's in and then he's out and he's gone, he doesn't talk to people. And I said, fuck that. I'm meeting Don Rickles. Uh, so I stood in the hallway that I knew that he would be coming out of. So he, I, right after I did my bit, run to the hallway, Rickles starts walking out. He sees a dwarf dressed up at the time. I was in a Chucky outfit, which nice. there, there you go. That's pretty perfect. Uh, and he, and, and he, just, he just stops, looks me up and down and goes, stop smoking. <laughs> that walks away. I'm like, yes, I have my Rickles moment. Yeah. I I have my story, and I was and I was able to grab a picture with them. But yeah. Uh, yeah, like I I would imagine seeing those guys, especially when you're known for being an insult guy or a roast guy or a joke guy like that. Uh, that people just expect you to have one chambered, just like ready to go, so you can fire off an insult. At. Uh, I want to get back to the roast stuff, but I do want to finish on you as a kid because I'm very curious about how comics get there. So. Your wordplay, which I was commenting on, how it's good when you're not trying to be on. Like, I was just hanging out and talking. I think your brain gets so conditioned, yeah? Oh, totally. Well, I've always done it. You know what I mean? There's certain people... You have 25 years of practice. Right. Yeah, there's certain... There's always been friends, and but especially ever since I got into comedy, I really only hang out with comedians now. Like, all of my friends... On purpose? Pretty much. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just Can I be honest? It's more fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, hey, friends of mine who want comics who are out there, and there's a few of you who have been like fans of mine for a long time, and not fans of being my friend, but supporters without knowing it, because mm-hmm. we all have, mm-hmm. have to have had an audience growing up, right? Like sure. people that encourage the skill in you, that laughed at you all the way through. But they're not comics, but there's a few of those, and then there's a lot of them who just aren't funny. Right. <laughs> and it's way more fun to talk to somebody who's funny because even if you're having a real conversation, it can switch to funny in a moment. Another catch with hanging out with somebody that's not funny is they don't notice when you do something hilarious. Yeah. Like when that happens and you're like, oh, if, yeah. if, Adam, oh, if Adam and Brad were here, they'd be on the ground yeah. laughing at that <laughs> yeah, right give now. It this guy didn't credit. even realize. For sure. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you almost start to, so then you almost start to like tone it down because yeah. you're like, well, I'm not going right. to maybe be myself or yeah. be because... They're just not going to pick right. up on it. Which is where creativity goes to die. <laughs> Non-comic <laughs> friends? <laughs> yeah. well, okay. Non-comic friends where creativity goes to die. But there's also certain people that when I see them, and, it's, and I don't know why what their uh, sign is or what their blood type is or what it is. There's mm-hmm. certain people that when I see them, I get goofy around. Like, I'm not a guy that's on... But there's certain people like you, Adam. <laughs> Every time I see you, I turn into that like, oh, what do you say we uh, go make it in Hollywood? Like this, we do old timey voice, like yeah. just and big. Effects. We've had an ongoing inside joke that pretty much nobody knows about for like five or six years. Yeah. It's been insane. So what? It, so you just walk and you see each other in the parking lot of the comedy store, and you just goofy. and you just break into it, and everyone's looking around like, what's wrong? Yeah, with Tony this guy? will be like, like, like I'll. Uh, uh, I go, hey, look who it is. If it, <laughs> well, I see you. You see me because we have eyes. Four of them. You know what's better than four? Money. <laughs> Stupid. You've got, you've got what it takes to be a real star, kid. Turn around. Let me see that ass real quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where creativity goes to die. That was the friend response. Yeah. That was the friend who's not a comic going like, 
Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys do? Do you guys play a character or something? <laughs> yes. Just say yes and yeah. take one improv class and, rec- and, and, yeah. and, and go with it. I, I, I think the, what's the only part that may be more frustrating than that is when uh, you meet someone for the first time and, and they feel that because you're a comedian that they, that they have to be funny. So they're trying and they're just swinging for the fences. And you're just like, bro, just dial it back. Right. Calm down. Or when they start a normal joke. You know, uh, you could That's use that yeah. like, hey, like a long, I, like a long form, like yeah. these guys <laughs> walk into some way location. Too long. Yeah, so there's, a, there's a, you know, seventeen priests, and the ones like this, and the others like this, and the others like this, and the other goes bobbity bobbity. It's like, wait, wait, you're going to tell me about all seventeen priests? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> I had a roommate in college who drank a lot, and then that's when he would like try to tell me because I was already kind of like the funny guy at that point. So he would like try to tell me these jokes, and they were shitty jokes that his uncle had told him. But he would butcher them, and he was fucked up. Uh-huh. So it was like, you're, there's no way you were going to understand or know when the punchline was. It'd be like, it was like so there's like, okay, the, and I'm going to fuck it up, but just try <laughs> right. to hang with it. Right. There's like a guy, and he owns like a cinema shop, and his, he would go like to, into town all the time, and his wife was there, and she was always like, wait, so uh, what? No, wait. And then his dad showed up, and it was like, are you working today? And then he was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> it was just like this. <laughs> and then I couldn't tell if he was doing a character or if he was interrupting himself yeah. from going like, wait, I'm forgetting details. Those people don't realize that, that comedians don't do street jokes. You know, it's like, no. come on. So, but that's why I always have, if there's a group of people, you know, after a show or something and the street jokes start, I always have one street joke that when I heard it, I fell in love with it that I love. And Please. those are always long. Please. So I just come in, you know, with the nice little short one. I go, two gay guys sitting on a couch. Mm-hmm. You know, and by the Made way, this isn't my joke. <laughs> you know, it's an old right. joke, and yep. I just it, I, it works one hundred percent of the time. So here's a little something for uh, the listeners: <laughs> two gay guys sitting on a sitting on a couch, or no, they're they're hanging out, right? Whatever. <laughs> oh my god, guys. he's like morphing into your yeah. roommate. No, they're hanging out. Wait, two um, gay guys. Wait, did I mention yeah. that uh, there was a chandelier? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> uh, I was right the first time. Two gay guys sitting on a couch. Right. One gay guy says to the other, hey, I'm getting bored. What do you say we play a game of hide-and-go-seek? If you find me, I'll let you fuck me. And the other gay guy's like, well, what if I don't find you? And the other gay guy's like, uh, I'll be behind the couch. You <laughs> 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 just wanted to fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know what? That's short. Ones. It's got a setup. I didn't know where it was going. That's it. Hey, let's fuck. That's basically it. <laughs> I'll be behind the couch. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's... It, uh, and then there's also the ones that when they try to tell you like a street joke after the show and then you know the joke right? and then you tell them the punchline they go, no, no, no this is different. Yeah. But it turns out to be the same yeah. fucking joke that yeah. it has been every single time. Like, alright, Brad, I got a joke for you. Uh, why do midgets laugh? I'm like, let me guess. Why do they laugh when they run because the grass tickles their balls? No, 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 no. no. Why do they... Um, well, yeah, that. But uh, it's a funnier version of it. I'm like, shut, shut up. Just stop talking. Just no. Yeah. Like, what were some of the retorts that you had to some of like when you started to go like, oh shit? Because I'm sure you had to take notice of kids laughing when like. Oh, I just you would always th- be in the moment. You know, what one thing that I do that uh, I've really worked on for a long time is, uh, you know, the wordplay that happens organically. I've always had this uh, sort of rapping talent where I can rhyme and do 
almost pretty much. I, I just see words like they're sounds, and, and it, I'm lucky with that. That's just a weird gift that I can utilize for anything. I don't ever utilize it during my stand-up, um, but the the offstage me that because I just feel like it's weird to do it on stage with what I'm trying to work on because right. I know I have it. Right. You know what I mean? And I do do it sometimes. There's the rap battle, yep. you know, that I've mm-hmm. done and this and that. It's just a and little I'm sure muscle. Jo- there, yeah, and I'm sure there's like joke. And as you know, continue to progress, like I'm mm-hmm. sure there'll be other ways it'll come out and mm-hmm. joke form that's not so obvious to you being like, all right, I'm accessing that skill now. Right. Now, uh, <laughs> I I know when we had uh, when we had uh, Whitney Cummings on the podcast, uh, we asked her like how she got involved with the roasts, and she said that she submitted like over 150 roast jokes, and they pretty much just had to hire her based on the fact that they were yeah. that they were well, good that's jokes. the way to do it. Is that, that that's exactly what I did? Really? Oh, absolutely. That's what you have to do. Yes. you have to you have to be able to write a hundred jokes on a single topic, and mm-hmm. no matter what, uh, you know. No matter who you know or whatever, you know, if you get in the writer's room and these monsters that do that right. uh, see you not doing that, then you know, you'll know you only last so long. So, so that's pretty much what you did is you just wrote just a, like would you, on any topic, one particular topic where you, I mean, did you try to pick out roast regulars? Like, all right, here's like a couple of Lisa Lampanelli jokes or a couple of Jeff Ross jokes or. Um, yeah. I mean, I started, uh, it, it just started organically with, you know, a few roasts that I did before. Um, you know, I, I was just always, if there was a roast, I wanted to be part of it. So mm-hmm. even a couple of years before I started working with Jeff, uh, I just always wanted to, I always loved that the most because it, it's, it's, it gives me a chance to do what I do off stage a lot. Again, sort of like the rapping and goofing around. It's just yeah. another muscle. It, it's a, it's a completely different skill. Uh, there, there, has been a, a few comics I've seen that are excellent joke writers for their act, but then when they start to like do a one liner, like for a roast thing, it's just, it's just a different skill just because you're funny in one realm doesn't mean it's, it's necessarily going to translate do you have any type do you have any type of writing system or is it just you just stare at the page until something comes to you i uh i if it depends if it's on a person mm-hmm. um what i and we'll say a celebrity okay. or or we could go friend but it's it's different for each thing but for the mo- what i you know what i make a living doing as far as the roast uh um i google the person click mm-hmm. on their wikipedia and try to decipher what everybody knows about and what's just there that I'm learning about. And if I'm learning about it, then I figure everybody doesn't know that. Yeah. And I do a little balancing act, make sure what facts or how to explain that one thing. A lot of people don't know that Bobbity Ba had a 1998 award for Bobbity Ba. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is it good enough to get in the setup? And then is it in the moment is it in the moment enough for it to actually work and do, do enough people know that fun fact about them you know that charlie sheen's mom is uh whatever russian or i can't even remember anymore you know what i right. mean but it's mm-hmm. like okay you know okay jonah hill jonah hill's fat and uh you know got a good opportunity in a martin scorsese movie so what do we do here you know do 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 there you go. <laughs> I thought, oh, you I want me to do one? Uh, you well, because you wrote, you wrote for which ones have you written on? I've written uh, for the last four. Right. Yeah, that's incredible. It was a staff writer on the very last one, though, and for uh, Franco. Which, but and, and and the other ones you were assisting Jeff. 
Uh, I was, or just like I was writing for everybody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, like when when you're, it's a big deal, by the way, to yeah. get promoted. Then now, you're, like then you were just yeah, stat, like yeah. Well, I, you know, I also love it. I'm guilty of loving it and therefore being really good at it because I love it so much and I get better at it. Yeah, as I do it, you know. I'm always and then when Jeff myself. took you on the road, I'm sure you were. I mean, just continuing to assist him with writing, so you're just doing yeah. it all the time, right? Yeah, it's so much fun. And when you're trying to write roast jokes, mm-hmm. do you go up there going, "Okay, I need to write uh, like Snoop Dogg's a roaster," so I need to write a couple for him to mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. Or, or like, do you try? Do you try to like write in someone else's voice, or do you just try oh, to like write totally. funny in general? And, and it gives me a huge edge. <laughs> it's tougher for me to write roast jokes that I'm going to do, even though they're of the same quality. I'm just pickier. It's sort of like stand-up, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you might shoot a sketch about something that you'd never talk about on stage or do this or do that, you know, whatever. But um, it's uh, it's very easy for me. I, I look at it as an exciting time to change perspective and take a break from being me. Mm-hmm. Even though I love being me, I'm just saying, like, it's fun <laughs> well, to who, live Well, through. who wouldn't? It's right. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that it's a, it is actually cool that you asked that because I get to talk about that it is a very fun experience writing from somebody else's perspective. You know, I, I've helped Steve-O and John Lovitz. Uh, John Lovitz. What did you write for Lovitz? Well, Lovitz did do the you hear? Do you hear his voice? Oh, in totally. Your, of course. So totally. you write a joke that has to be told like this right well <laughs> which is also kind of awesome because well, you have a built-in like cadence oh totally and it's just the most fun thing and as a comedy fan you respect the person that you're talking to and he's killing by the way love it's off stage when he's goofing around mm-hmm. is unbelievable how so oh he's just un- everything he says is hilarious because of his his just his time only thing he's ever said to me was when i introduced myself to him at his club and his uh, um, How are you gonna make me money? <laughs> no, no. His my yeah. good buddy is Lisa Kudrow's uh, nephew, and you know Lovitz and Kudrow have been hanging out for years. What was it? Her uh, Lovitz's Lisa's brother? No, Lovitz's brother was they friends. started at Groundlings. Anyway, I don't know. They somehow Whatever. know each other really well. So Listen to the like, Lisa Kudrow podcast so I go, the about last I night. I go, John. I know uh, we have a mutual friend, Spencer Sherman. He goes, "How is Spencer? Is he still Jewish?" Oh uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and that it, was it. The way he says things, it's just it, there's certain guys like Norm Macdonald's another one. You just hear certain people talking, and it's with their timing and the way they say things is incredible. He's one of those guys. So you get to write for Lovitz, Steve-O. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I always help out a lot of people, yeah. especially this last one was my real. I mean, I had stuff spread throughout. This is on the Franco roast? Yeah. I mean, because there was a lot of guys that weren't necessarily uh, there, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of actors. And then a lot, a lot of, like, you had your Seth Rogans mm-hmm. and uh, your, I mean. Jonah Hill, James Jonah Franco. Hill, James Franco. They had to be kind of nervous because that's, like, a different. Aziz like, Ansari. Right. And. Even though Aziz is a hilarious comic, right, right, he's yeah. not like a roast guy. Right, his stuff is is yeah. it's just way off of. The, and he's such a nice guy yeah. on stage, so you, you have like that's weird for them to. Be, One thing to, that's you know, really to, cool it, that's happened organically over the last few years is the comedians have puberty found is out. a big thing. That's, we talked about that earlier. That. Your head, through, yes, adjusted to your yes, body because of the pubes. <laughs> it's Put always because the, of the pubes. Put, Put me, me over the top. That's pubes right. put me over the top. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I think that's the title of Adam Ray's book. <laughs> pubes put me over pubes the top. Put, pubes put me over the top. <laughs> the, an, an Adam Ray story. Wow. An Adam Ray story? Well, not the Adam Ray story. Uh, How I many mean, are there? You've got a lot of stories. I mean, yeah. that and, of course, Dan, uh, Danny Glover would absolutely do your audio book. That's something I think about a lot. <laughs> do you? I think about All getting to the point of being so famous that you, you have, you know, you look back. Already, you've accum- accumulated a lot of a lot of stories in the last five years. Uh-huh. 
add five more years to that. And yeah. somebody goes, hey, Tony, it's time to write the Hinchcliffe book. Whoa. And they go, you can pick whoever you want to read it. Whoa. Who do you pick? I pick um, to read the book, wait, for the first time? Or like for, uh, <laughs> one person? For, uh, for the audio the narration, book. the audio yeah. book. The audio book now? Yeah. yeah. Who's listening to it? Yeah. No, no, no. The person who's going to narrate the audio book. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. If I needed a narrator for my audiobook, I would go with Boone Shaka, the homeless comedian at the comedy store. <laughs> That'd be an interesting one, but uh, I think I would. I think I'd end up going with uh, good old um, Fraser Smith. Nice, Fraser Smith. Yeah, There's a poll. This next Fraser. one, you guys are gonna love what he, what he did next. <laughs> it's more Dean Del Rey than anything. <laughs> oh, yeah, which would also be a great choice. Oh, welcome to the Tony Hinchcliffe story. I was making fun of people when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> those and those people happen to be kids. Well, Lovitz would be a great narrator. Oh my God! And dude. you'll never believe he went on to great things. Oh my God! When, let, let me tell you about the first time <clears throat> I saw a vagina. <laughs> I yeah. was born in Youngston, Ohio. My, There's a W in there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> my pubes <clears throat> put me over the top. <laughs> uh, but I, but I gave uh, love. It's in the in the Sheen roast. A lot of the jokes were you do the Sheen roast double chin, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So he, we we he was gonna he was gonna get a lot of that. Andy has a double chin. So I said, uh, you know, all these, a lot of these jokes are going to be about winning, you know, winning because it's uh, that was the, yeah, the, the best, yeah. The, it, mind you, it was really he had, it had taken over. Yeah, I everything. was obsessed with that whole thing. By so the way. I told him he should say chinning, <laughs> and it decimated the room. And it's it's in that roast. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, was he, I'm now, pretty sure he made, actually made like T-shirts when you pick that chinning. When you pitch that, right that to him, yeah. what like how does that go down? Like because when you're, you're writing them all for them, and then you just email them to him, or you come up to no, him, I and you, was I was this far away from him, and you go, here's what I'm thinking for. Yeah. I came up with a bunch for you. Yeah. Here's some of them, right? Yeah, I go. Yeah, yeah, this might be weird because I'm making fun of your chin for a second. But uh, what do you think about the chinning? And he goes, I love it. <laughs> that's the ticket, dude. Or that's say that. a moment that's oh, priceless. Never forget that, right? And then, and then, you know, same thing with everything though. When Sarah Silverman comes in, and I know it, that it, it can be short and dark and a misdirect and edgy. That's fun, uh, you know. Natasha with her killer, she her crushed awesome. Mm-hmm. Bad girl, rich girl, cadence like that's so much fun. And when I'm around these people, what's funny is that yeah, I turn into them. You know what I mean? Like I'll literally pitch the joke just like I did with the love. It's you know, if it's Natasha, I'll put my hand over. You know what? I just don't understand about a disease. It's great. You know, that helps paint the world for them and really see like, oh, oh is yeah. that like would that work they, as they, me? They just saw it and they yeah. laughed at it. So it's like, wow, dude, that's fucking. And then uh, now on, well, it's a great moment when you pitch a joke to like uh, Natasha Leggero or a John or a John Lovitz. Mm-hmm. Do you have those moments when? Because they always have those, those roasters that you're like, what the hell is that person doing there? Mm-hmm. The, I remember some like cast member of the Brady Bunch or something. Well, one time. I mean, fucking the situation. Yeah, yeah. Like, did so, you assist yeah. with that? No, you were there for that. <laughs> no, I came, that was. I came in right after that. that that's when they what brought, would they brought you in have, the righty. What, <laughs> what would you have done? Because that seemed to me like you want to know the truth. Yeah, I think it was beautiful, and of course, and, and it was like a uh, an awesome. Uh, an awesome thing that happened that showed uh, comics Jeff, love Jeff bad Ross's, yeah. Jeff Ross's risk taking out of the box and comfortable producing of that show um, from 
you know, he, he, he plays those, he plays both roles of being a comedian and a producer. And I think he was doing that in the moment, saving that show and, you know, the way that he handled it. And that wasn't planned or anything. And, and, That's and guy, for those who don't know what we're talking about, uh, the, the, the situation was on one of these roasts and just bombed yeah. horribly. Yeah. And comics liked it because we're like, see, this shows that not everyone can do this shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just give a joke to someone. Also, ev- comics love bad comedy. It's the same yeah. thing. Like, w- like, seeing, um, you know, a really old-timey comic who's just Well, got- the audience dug it the most, though. That's the thing that I hear being brought up to Jeff a lot more than other stuff is, man, when you saved the situation, those words wow. in succession, when you saved the situation, <laughs> I mean, that was the funniest. Yeah. It's always, that was the funniest or the next things, you know. I, I peed my pants. I was crying during that, this and that, you know. it Because he, he gave him a chance. He comforted him. And then he continued to bomb, and didn't he, then, then he then he ripped him right. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. it was just he was just <laughs> coaching everybody through this debacle. <laughs> uh, and have you ever had a moment where you have a guy like the situation that that sort of out the out of the box, not a comic, mm-hmm. and you're pitching them jokes, and then they look at you and go like, uh, I don't really think that's going to work, or I don't think that's funny. And you're like, you are a reality show person. No, I've never, they never make it to me. I really get to, <laughs> I'm lucky. I get to work with the, uh, I get to work with the people that get it. You know what I mean? The, yeah. The, as far as, yeah, I've never worked with any of the people that, Oh, that they they work with. They have people. What a blessing. For, they have people for those people. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, we had we we had a uh, Taren uh, Taren Kilm on the podcast, and uh, off mic, he was telling us some stories about pitching sketches to dramatic actors that have not a funny bone in their body, and they're like, "No, that's not really." F-. And like that, you know, you're telling Taren Kilm what's not funny, mm-hmm. it, 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 like what doesn't work. So I can only imagine being a being a joke writer to a reality show star, a, dra- yeah. a dramatic actor, and then just going like, eh, no, that's not really working. Like, well, you're a fucking idiot. Like, yeah, you, you, that would drive me crazy. Yeah. I'd ask them why, even if they did do that, I would say, why do you think that's not funny? I, I have no problem mm-hmm. uh, arguing for a joke. If I know that it's funny, I will, I will tell you straight ask. up. Yeah. I go, uh, you know, that's just where the leader in the the guy that gets it takes over with these people, and I, and I, and I wouldn't accept that as a thing unless, unless they... Are just, and I, w- I just wouldn't work with them. That's yeah. just not conducive for and creativity. And there's I another saw writer. you do that. Uh, I saw you do that in the writer's room of the burn. Uh, I, I helped out with the, I don't know what to call it, the pilot? Was that, was that the pilot I helped yeah. out with? Yeah. The, ver- the, the very first episode. But yeah, you were, you were in that writer's room and you kind of, you were, you were vocal. Yeah. If you didn't like a joke or if, if one of the comics pitched a joke and we thought, yeah, that's great, right? And you would just be like, no. Right. <laughs> at what point does it take you to get that comfortable? I guess because you've been living in that world so long, but then once you get a little bit of like... The biggest advantage that I had was exactly what I was talking about earlier, about just hanging out with comedians. A lot of the, a lot of people have kids and wives and vacation spots and this and Did that. Did you think that hurts you as a comic, si- by the way? No. Having all that stuff? Oh, of course. And oh, not being... Oh. Le- less time away from hanging around comedians. I think as long as you don't do it young, I think that you could do it after maybe 15 years. I mean, and it's obviously different for the smarter the person is, but I, I'd say, you know, if you, as long as you establish a good maybe 10, 15, 20 years in the game without any of those distractions, you could be good. <laughs> Stupid you know? wife and kids. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, Conan said it on, the, on Geraldo's uh, the Comedy Central like special about his life uh, where he was like, it's the... Comedians are constantly being sucked 
into a hole and it's the fight to get out of it that make, was what makes him great and like right. man that resonated and I was like dude that was like Geraldo in a nutshell but mm-hmm. like he's right like that's so it's like when that fight when you kind of can kind of get out of that hole with ease and things yeah. are good it's like you're kind of like alright well what's fucking right. what's funny about you now yeah not that I'm saying I want to continue to not that I'm saying I don't want to live in a fucking mansion by myself in the hills at some point right uh, but well I mean you'll obviously have a ton of hookers so that's fine Whoa, what? Well, I mean, I mean you I've got... never had a hooker in my entire life. You've never had a hooker? No. And I know you have, so stop deflecting your hooker tendencies <laughs> onto me. Well, sure. Ev- shit. Everyone's had a hooker. I've never had a hooker I've... either. What? You've never had a hooker? No, I will be the first to call you out and defend myself against I, such accusations. I get the feeling uh, Brad's had enough hookers for the both of us. I've had a hundred hookers. A hundred hookers? No, no, no. Yeah, that's my book. A hundred hookers. A hundred hookers by Shell Silverstein. Hooker T. Washington over here. <laughs> Hooker T. Washington. The president of chlamydia. Um, yeah, man. That's ne- never. Never? Never. Well, and not even because I feel like I uh, enjoy, I feel like I'm uh, good at talking to people of the opposite sex, but it's just, <laughs> there's nothing about that world that has ever made me go, I want a vagina that's been fucked right. a, a million lot. times yeah uh, you know it, it, without any feeling yeah uh, it's, right? it, it's just a just a lot of experience man i guess it's the accessibility that's made it appealing to you <laughs> no uh maybe I, she had the same name as you i don't know i'm trying to find the connection that made you really jump into this no, world uh i'll tell you i'll i'll tell you my my best hooker story <laughs> A sentence that is only story. said by a guy who's had over 100 hookers. Yeah. The number one. Number one hooker With the first story. pick of the first hooker draft. <laughs> the number one hooker story. It's like the sports yeah. in our top ten. Yeah, exactly. This the is the top. Draft. This, this is that the, would have been a great Chappelle this, show. Sketch. This is the top ten uh, hooker stories. Now, will it beat out the best of the best at, at the end? I don't know. I want to see a 30 for 30 on Brad and the <laughs> first 100 hookers he fucked. 30 for 30. 30 hookers. 30 hours. 30, 60 directors. An hour of hookers. 60 directors. 30 hookers. 30 hours. 60 directors. $28,000. All, all 45 hole. diseases. All the numbers. 31 hotel rooms. <laughs> you know, go to a different hotel yeah. in the middle of one. Oh hey, uh, uh, Steve Byrne just just released something where he did like eight shows in a night at, 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 at eight different comedy clubs. Okay, so, not hey, the same thing. So Let's hey, stop changing. Maybe the that's subject. what I do. Right. All right. Best There's hooker a difference story. between best hooker eight story. shows, eight rooms, and eight hookers' ass. Uh, different eights. Best hooker story. Uh, I did a show in Reno, Nevada, and uh, this is at the Silver Legacy Casino. And when I got off stage, uh, Dennis Hoff from the Bunny Ranch. Uh, happened to be in the audience, and uh, and you could tell he was there because he wears a vest that has glow lights on the back of it that says Dennis Hoff's Bunny Ranch. Wow! So you really can't miss the guy. Yeah. Uh, and he walked up to me after the show and went, "Brad, that was I am Dennis Hoff. That was that was hilarious. I loved it. Tell tell you what, we got a car waiting outside. You can come to the you can come to the Bunny Ranch. Whatever you want, free, on the house. And that's and so I was like, fuck. Yeah, that's what you want. Wow. So got to go, and uh, they hand you a menu, which is really strange. 
Yeah, because it's uh, got like titty bubble uh, titty bubble bath on it, which sounds like the weirdest kids toy ever. Uh, but yeah, like they, they, they a they, hooker they, menu. Yeah, they have a hooker menu, and you're like, well, all right. And can you, can you supersize <laughs> anything? And I think you know what I mean by that. You can supersize everything. Hell, can I guess what the titty hooker bath is? <laughs> is that when you're in a bath and there's bubbles, and like you're in a bath and they're just rubbing their dirty hooker tits on you so it's like you, you don't really ever get clean because there's just dirty tits bouncing off your face it's it's, 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 it's like that scene in the movie where it's like i no matter how many showers i take i can't get clean what do you say you get dirty in the hooker titty bath <laughs> so many options you walk yeah you just that's the only bath where you walk out dirtier than when you walked in yeah darn right and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, granted, you, you can take a testicle shower and probably be cleaner. <laughs> I love, I love that it's just like the, the. I love the idea of the menu being like divisive things. Like you could have a bath. Uh, go to the kitchen for our spread. You know, <laughs> they had, they, they had a kitchen. <laughs> really? Yeah, they had, they had a kitchen where oh like these, God. where uh, Air Force Amy would make you a sandwich. Heck yeah, I go from the donut holes to the glory holes. <laughs> That's the name of my book. We're just writing bumper stuff. Right. <laughs> well, the, well the, the crazy part is I got there at the same time as this other guy that got there, and, we, and we're both like glancing over the menu. And I thought you were going to say glancing at each other, and yeah. he's got a huge cock. <laughs> well, that too. Part of the fun thing about whorehouses is the camaraderie. Right. They he just was, set their menu on their boners and put their hands on their head and read it. Everyone's real comfortable with each other. Well, I mean, and then, yeah, and then, the, and, and then the guy looks over, see, sees me, and goes, is he on the menu? Uh, but Whoa. The, yeah. Little nice. appetizer. Too but, soon. Uh, but, like, this guy little looks... Appetizer. Little appetizer. Well, see, well done. Just real quick, man. That, that was Wasn't my... Trying. That was my gay porn name. Uh, the first, first time I started was Little Appetizer. I would come out and like, well, uh, things in a blanket. Yeah. They just lift the lid off of a dish and you're just laying there with, with your mouth open. Darn right. Wow. Uh, Somebody yeah. out there, you know, if there's, hey, we take donations for this podcast and people have listed Brad as a bucket list item yeah. before. Sure. If you want Brad to show up at your party. Mm-hmm. Whether it's your 45th wedding anniversary or your child's circumcision, <laughs> and you want to take off one of those metal trays. room service yeah. trays, mm-hmm. and you want Brad to be sitting there in any sort of outfit, Scrooge McDuck, a leprechaun, sure, an Eskimo. That's- By the way, worst salad dressing <laughs> ever. Ready for it? Bunny Ranch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Can you imagine what that would just taste of fucking disappointment? Oh, God. (laughs) Tell us more about this menu, though. Do you remember more things? Oh, my God. There was the the Neapolitan, (laughs) where you could have a blonde, a redhead, and a a black girl. Wow. That's actually very clever. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought that was kind of... Everybody loves Neapolitan. Now, what about the one fat guy who's just like really wanting that (laughs) ice cream? (laughs) He's like, wait, it's tits? (laughs) Can I have the Neapolitan with some Neapolitan? (laughs) (laughs) Like no one's ever asked that before, but I guess. What's interesting about Neapolitan is there's always a little more chocolate than the other things. So you almost wonder if it's like a big black girl that you might get. (laughs) A little redhead. There's never enough (laughs) strawberry in the Neapolitan. (laughs) (laughs) It's always like an anorexic redhead at the Pony Ranch. (laughs) And a 400-pound Black woman. Right. Hey, what up, little baby? <laughs> we want to keep it consistent with the ice cream. 
<laughs> Wait, does that mean the redhead's gonna have bumps on her? Oh. Oh. And then yes. Brad killed the joke. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, well, Too well, real. Well, that. Well, here. Well, here, well, here's the other thing that <laughs> happened there. Is right. <laughs> what else, man? Is right. Is right when you walk in, all the girls lined up. Right. They line up right in front of you, and they say, "Pick out any girl you want." Like mm-hmm. just, and they're and, and they're and they're right there. And one of the girls in the line was a little person. So so everyone. Oh man! So pressure. Uh, yeah. So every, everyone's looking at me like, well, we know which one you're gonna pick. And while I want to support her, or looking you at know, you being like, if you don't pick her, do we all turn into stone? Like, what's the backlash <laughs> if you don't pick your own kind? And if I do pick her, how many? Other people are just going to rush to that room to like be in the grandstands. Like, is it everything yeah, I yeah. ever dreamed it you would be? You make a wish when you watch Two Dwarfs <laughs> Fuck, right? Absolutely. Well, I mean, you don't have to because your wish just came true. <laughs> Literally. So, all right. So you don't pick her. No, I don't because everyone's and everyone kept looking at her like, eh? Which, eh the, dwarf, the dwarf girl? <laughs> and I'm like, I've fucked a lot of midgets before. Right. Why? You don't like if I go if I eat chicken. Fried chicken at my house every night. When someone says, "Do you want to go out to eat?" I don't say KFC. Okay, that's right. that's what I have at home. <laughs> right. All right. I'm getting the Neapolitan. Yeah. Jesus. Four hundred pounds of forget <laughs> not <that>. strawberry. Yeah. <laughs> mm, I'm a man. I'm gonna lose you one of my folds. Yeah. That's good. Oh, that, what else is on the happen. menu though, other than Neapolitan and titty bags? I love oh. that you went for Neapolitan instead of the <laughs> shortcake. <laughs> Is that what they called her on the menu? Yeah, that might have been her name. Now, now you think about it, and here we have shortcake. <laughs> um, now, would you? We've as comics performed in a lot of shitty places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you get the luxury of being able to travel with Rogan and Ross and do theaters, and obviously the comedy store whenever you want. Uh, were there places when you started out that you were like that you think back of? Because the first time I got to do a a really legit show, whether it was a, some dope theater or just a packed comedy club, I was like. I couldn't stop thinking about, like, man, I never want to not do this because, like, I remember doing those bars. Like, I would always just, for a while, very vividly remember the shit gigs, and it would make me even, like, more appreciative. Well, I also make a point to do shit gigs still on purpose to keep me shitty bar shows or an open mic. Brad, I was talking about doing an open mic in a town when you're uh, headlining or something or doing a theater, like... You just you find that uh, off room those to like are, those are really the most fun. Yep. Everything else you're walking into a murder spree and you're just working on the timing and the beats of everything and well, especially know. for theaters, right? But people, right. Uh, You're waiting for yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be mass destruction. It's gonna be insane. You're waiting for the ripple laughs to. But when mm-hmm. you but when you destroy at those bar gigs or those open mics yeah. or some seven p.m. spot yep. at some that some Italian young comic at, had the balls to ask you if you wanted to do and you're mm-hmm. like you know what I don't have anything going on at seven on Wednesday night so yeah right. I will come do that room even though it's your first time ever doing a room I did one show a couple weeks ago guys that a young open micer invited me to and it was outside of a pizza shack like he's like it's a pizza shack at Hall at Highland and Santa Monica, and it's literally a shack outside. Like, you what? go up to a window and you order pizza, and this guy had two little speakers hooked up to one mic, and he was putting on a show. And? Oh, my god, It was awesome. Well, because you, you're so out of your comfort zone at that point. You're outside, and, and it's and weird for- and shady. Yeah, and you're forced to get creative in, yeah. in, in a spot where you didn't think, because... I mean, uh, like you do, you do an improv, or you do a funny bone, or you, or you certainly do a theater. It, it, it's it's a relatively safe environment where people know. All right, I'm at a comedy club. I know 
generally the rules of how it's supposed to act. There's bouncers. There's a routine here. There's a check drop. Everything like that. Mm-hmm. When you go do a pizza shack, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a lot, a lot of people are just getting their a slice of pepperoni yeah. and mushroom, whatever. Walking now by. and all of a sudden, there's a comedy show going yeah. on. There's I will th- say this though: as much as you're saying you're out of your element, I feel like continuing to do gigs like that made you probably go, "Oh, I got no problem with this," right? right? And right. that's what for me, like when I. Uh, we'll stumble upon a, a bar that's not conducive for comedy or something. I'm just like, well, I've done so many of these. and But continuing to, to, to pull those into the rotation make you go, I can always figure it out. Right. And that is, I never want to lose that. I never want to get somewhere and go, oh, shit. Like, right. Yeah. How's this going to go? Because I remember I've, I, I can, I, you know, being backstage at places where, you know, recently where, where with other people who don't have as much experience with that and they're going, oh, fuck. And, and they'll be like, well, the crowd, they sound like they're getting better. And I'm just like, I don't care, man. I don't care what's happening out there. I don't care what's happening right here. Right. Figure it but out. But I'm going to, I just know based on the amount of times of doing these ones that don't seem like they're going to go okay, that you're going you're gonna to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of bad gigs, I'm performing at the Funny Ranch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever perform there? Was my question, though. The Bunny Ranch or yeah. the Funny Ranch? <laughs> the, 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 well, I feel like the, the Funny ranch, ranch is adjacent to the Bunny Ranch. Yeah. And yeah. it's for the people who couldn't, who showed up. Realized what they wanted sexually was too expensive. Yeah. Still had an ATM card, and they were like, "Well, there's a comedy club right next door. <laughs> you can come with laughter." Now that yeah. I have, laughter is the best medicine, and now I have herpes. <laughs> Go right over from the bunny to the funny. Uh, you now your podcast killed Tony. Yeah, in which uh, tell tell the uh, listeners who uh, are being introduced to it. Well, it's really cool. It's uh, stand-up comedians watching stand-up comedy. Um, uh, open micers and young comics and people that are interested in getting in the game uh, sign up for the opportunity to do one minute. And some of them are more established comics that are just mm-hmm. working on a bit or something and also just want to be on a podcast that has a lot of listeners. And it's all live in front of a live audience every Monday at the store. And um, what it is is they do a minute of stage time and then me and two friends talk with them about uh, their material or how long they've been doing it or where they're from maybe write some new stuff maybe add stuff to the stuff they just talked about because comedians always have an opinion especially when they just saw something oh yeah and i make sure that the show's never like a competition or that it's about you know this or that there's it's all invaluable experience right like if you're if you're the people you're selecting get on the show mm-hmm. which i think is what you you definitely see from from it is that they know that they're like in an Right. Very privileged situation where it's like, because all young comics want is to be better quicker. Right, being mm-hmm. impatient, being impatient. I feel like is like you're you're the the worst thing going for you because especially in a town like this where you're around so many people who are doing well and you, right. you either end up on a show with them somehow or you see them and you you trick yourself into thinking you're further along than you are. Yeah, and now you're getting the uh, advice from people at different stages. I mean, when yeah. I did it, it was myself and um, fuck, I don't know. I feel like it was somebody who had like five or six years on me. So I'm like, man, they're getting somebody. Eric Griffin? Possibly. Might have been. Yeah. So they're getting somebody from seven years in and then 12 years in. So it's like you're getting, and neither one is right or wrong, but you're just, you're getting different like. Right. Totally yeah. different perspectives yeah. from the two different comedians. Plus there's me who's sort of like the technical guy and also keeping everything on its hinges, keeping it moving. But what's fun is the listeners get to hear like a lot of comedy talk. And since there's so many stand-ups and they get to hear people, you know, talk a lot but since it's a live show that muscle of being funny and wanting to get that laugh so it keeps the comedians yeah. on their toes and keeps right. them really yeah. really funny or else you hear the audience quiet for 30 yeah. seconds you're like Whoa, and then, totally. yeah then we get very uncomfortable yeah and it, you have and there's good banter between the comics and you and red band uh and and then the patriot 
Yeah. Uh, which is fun. <laughs> which is the fucking... I had no idea uh, until I started listening to it that that um, wasn't... like the, That he was in a suit like that. Yeah. He's, yeah, we have a head of security <laughs> that keeps an eye on us uh, every episode. And uh, with the original Patriot went crazy, though. What? Yeah. What is the suit even? It's a... What? It's an Iron Patriot yeah. suit, oh, which is from like the Iron a Man version movies. of the Iron Man. Yeah. yeah. You need to Google images or there's videos of the podcast live on yeah. YouTube. So go look up Kill Tony podcast and see what mm-hmm. this fucking outfit looks yeah, like. Yeah, we just had uh, Joe Rogan and Dom Irera on an episode and Sinbad and Jeff Garland last yeah. week, which was incredible. Yeah, your guest. You, I mean, every comic will do it. Mm-hmm. Um well, that, you, yeah, that it, it gives them an opportunity to, and imagine you're a young comic coming up, and you can do a minute of stand up in front yeah. of these legends. Somebody you, you did their it. first yeah. time ever on stage. They what? randomly got pulled out of the bucket uh, and performed in front of Jeff Garland and Sinbad. Combined sixty two years of experience, thirty years and thirty two years. Wow! The two of them. Did they give uh, pretty sound advice? It was unbelievable. It's unbelievable. These guys are on top of all of their experience. They're still funny. They're geniuses. And both of them are improvisational gurus. I feel like guys like that, you can't really put a time. Like, both of them could probably talk for years. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's an episode where I spent a little more effort hosting rather than trying to be funny. Because yep. they're being so funny. You know what I mean? I'm just keeping it. Yeah, you're just trying to corral of, it yeah. and, and put it in the right direction. And just wait. Like, I'm just sitting there as a fan real, in the fronter of the frontest rows. You know, it's <laughs> like I'm there just watching these two guys. Selfishly, that's got to be a reason to do these podcasts is getting to have people on and meet and schmooze with people that you might not. Uh, uh, I mean, you said you got to meet somebody at a comedy festival, but you have having the podcast gives you an opportunity to reconnect and 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 that second opportunity to like keep the relationship going right to build rapport now when you see him around it's like which he loved you know what i mean and on top of that to impress sinbad and have him tell me that he loves the show and then he tweeted about it the next day you know on his own i didn't you know mm-hmm. i didn't ask him or anything and just like it's just so much fun rogan and, did the same thing in fact rogan tweeted at comedy central the next day to make it a show he says oh, wow. i don't understand why this isn't a television show at comedy central question yeah that, well that and you, awesome. that yeah. and how could you in, in terms of young comics that are open mic level it gives them an opportunity to go on tv when otherwise they're not going to be seen for yeah. three four five years down the line right and, and you might be able to head these guys off before they have to go through yeah the, the, and the no no time. show no show gives you the people doing it for the first time we had another guy last mm-hmm. night again all the way from alabama came to do his first times so that he had it out there in the cosmos so he strategically chose kilton and he killed for a minute straight my name's uh chandler bobbity bomb from alabama my wife's half black and this is bob and he's just killing he's just <laughs> in and i mean destructive for, for and, the entire and, and minute not, and, goes, and not for the first time like killing legit like just and his first time on stage and a minute and it's out there and he killed the audience was dying they had already seen five or six other guys do a minute which it's fine when the comedians don't have to do great and it's fine no no matter what happens because we were right in afterwards but when they kill like that and then he and then he goes yeah that was my first time ever on stage for any reason and for any reason i saw people like wiping tears and i'm you know what was the first thing you said after that I go, that, that's one of the best first sets I've ever seen anybody have. And, you know, the whole place claps again. I mean, a really, really amazing stuff yeah, and, and and one thing, and one thing I love about it is, like, when, when the TV show Last Comic Standing came out, mm-hmm. they were kind of trying to give the impression that a lot of these people are just trying it out. They're just right. trying to stand up comedy. It's like you can't 
just tries right like that's give the wrong impression of people that you're right. gonna go up and have 30 minutes of material right like you have to and i mean i love the fact you have people on like you say open micers sometimes their first time on stage but at the same yeah. time you have them do a minute yeah. you're, you're not having open micers do seven minutes right because that could get bad. Oh, yeah. That could get real bad. That so, would get bad. Yeah. So <laughs> even if they're not doing well, it's still only a minute. Right. So then you could still come in and then, like you say, you and then Rogan or wh- whoever the guest that mm-hmm. day, you can come in and kind of not save it, but you know, spice it up, make it good. But, uh, Do you yeah. start a podcast like that because you are uh, uh, m- feel like you missed out on having the the experience that you're giving these young comics or you just enjoy that, that and uh, it it gave me a chance to work all my muscles the live show aspect the host aspect the punch up guy the make fun of people sometimes guy is this honing tony for a late night talk show what's that is this uh, all this stuff honing tony for a late night talk oh, show every i feel like everything always has been for my is that what, I, is that the ultimate everything's always of course yeah right doesn't everybody want that I, uh, I, I, yeah, some people I guess want to be movie stars or something. Yeah, be defined right. by a couple fractions of an hour and a half. <clears throat> I know forever. Some, well, I guess being on. Yeah, some people won't t- stop talking about a certain movie that they were in that made over a hundred million dollars. That's that, that started for hey, an Oscar winner. Could, could, could be the only thing I ever do. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, you're right because uh, hosting for sure. Uh, there was a. I mean, yeah. I say right now it's not as in the forefront. You want to be mind. a movie star. I want to be. Uh, you liked that. You got a taste. What of I that. want is I want TV movie. I want to be in the place. Everything I've ever done with stand up, my videos, whatever, I've been complete creative control of. I love that. Right. I want Sandler's. I want what Sandler's got. Where you get right. to a point to where you had enough success in that level mm-hmm. to where you can like get anything made, man. I see. Like right. I would love to and have a product where if you were like with your show Kill Tony, if I was at a point and you were like, hey Adam, I got this great thing. I was like, fuck yeah, I can make that happen tomorrow. Like right. I want to be able to do that. That's exactly. And that's honestly like, that that's mm-hmm. what I want to. Yeah. And the late night talk show though, like is the challenge of that is incredible because like. Every right. night, like, do you, how how many people th- sit back and think like when you're looking at found and these guys like every night to do a whole new show like that with right. all those uh, components yeah. is bananas. Yeah, to even be, I mean, you know, I'd want mine to be a lot different. But I'm talking about down the road, you know, the evolution yeah. of it. Sure. I, I would never, I would not want to do what they have to do. Reading those. Say, weird segues and all that. You'll never believe what happened today. I know. Oh, I really? Know. I'm not going to believe it. Really? What are we going to happen today? All right. And having to fake it with Here, certain celebrities. Here's something you don't hear every day. Really? You said that yesterday. <laughs> so I'm, I'm starting to hear it every day. <laughs> Who were the guys that you dug when you got into comedy that like made you go, oh, man, that looks awesome? Oh, God. So many of them. Duncan Trussell, Rick Ingram, Brody Stevens, all the greats. I mean... <laughs> You know, like all those guys. I mean, I got to see everybody working at the comedy store. Uh, if to, it, to a young comic, like what would you say that experience uh, did for you? Everything. It gave me a chance to really just sit there and learn and absorb how people uh, um, were doing things. And well, that and I think I think working at the comedy store, you observe not only the best of the best, the guys that come in, you go, oh shit, like that's professional. Uh-huh. That one's someone I really admire. But it, 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 it almost helps, it, I think it certainly helps to see people go on there and fail and go, oh, okay. 
now why now why did that fail? Why did that not work? And then you, and then you can kind of absorb that and then a, 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 apply it to your own act. All of it. There's so many facets of it because on top of all of the why doesn't that work and the stand up part of it, you also learn how to hang out with people at night every night and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't notice how big of a deal that is having that muscle like oh you're tired at 11 30 well when you go to a comedy festival what are you going to do go go yeah. back to your hotel room early while yeah. everybody else is you probably are working out their deals on, for yeah, drinking, everything partying and for then the, having co-hosts for right. people and yeah. writers to help out while all those tv producers and network executives yeah. who never get to go, be out in the town are in miami or wherever or and are that Montreal much cooler to you because you're in a different location right. oh joe Rogan wants be... to drink and smoke pot and yeah. you hang out with him all night and he right. comes up with a show idea that revolves around right. three buddies of his right. that he and needs the, and you know that's when that happens yeah mm-hmm. everything great has been created after midnight I feel like when I, really, I feel like you were around a lot when I feel like I first when I was uh, first coming around the store and then uh, you know uh, working the phone and stuff. But when I would like make a point to stay late, mm-hmm. uh, there was a handful of people that were always there oh, and I having a great late. time. Yeah, I love late night, and you still love it. Yeah, it is the best. That's where I get a lot of my homework done. That's that's where you really work the instrument and stay in shape. Is in that hallway in the parking lot on stage. Yeah, that's that's the office, but. There's a, a whole part of the comedy store that I think is really often overlooked in the description of it, and that's the comedians hanging out outside till the wee hours yeah. of the night and just fucking riffing. It's just it's just as important to be funny in front of your friends as it is in front of an audience because that's the big leagues. Yeah, that and those guys yeah. are all th- those guys are all having their own shows and they're all booking those shows, and you want them to be like, all right, who is someone that I w- that I won't mind being stuck in a writer's room with for six hours, right, late at night. Night, who I who I who I know is funny. Oh yeah, Tony makes me laugh at two a.m. at the comedy yeah. store every night. I should book him. Yeah, and it's like the, if Derek Jeter is yeah. taking batting practice in front of an audience and they go woo after he has a big hit, that's exciting to him. That's fun. But if Derek Jeter's taking batting practice and Ted Williams is sitting there and he goes, "You got a hell of a swing, kid." It's like whoa. First of Ted all, Ted Williams just told Ted, me, Derek Jeter yeah. that. Ted Williams just cursed. He's a Mormon. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a bad example. That's not who I meant at all. <laughs> and, and he's dead. Hank Aaron? <laughs> sure. Hank Aaron. Rebecca Lobo? <laughs> right. Anybody anybody other than Ted Williams. Because <laughs> uh, comedy store your first job out here? Like you came here from? No, I actually uh, worked at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse in Beverly Hills for a while. Nice. Did, did that make you hate rich people? Do you have? No. Uh, yeah, do what you got to do. I'm do you have so 10 more sorry. minutes? Yes. I'm cool. so sorry. No, it's fine. Just got a crazy one. I think... Uh, what we want to uh, close out here in this next 10 minutes is you're working at Ruth Chris yes. Steakhouse. Yes. A, uh, your best story on pot, because we smoked a lot of pot together, uh-huh. and then your best uh, road story, or one of. My I'm best not story best. on pot at the store? Or, or how about sorry, uh, something great that you saw at the comedy store, a great night, like whether it was uh, Rob Williams and Chappelle being there at the same night, or... Um, or smoking pot with somebody you just the first time you did oh, it with. Oh God! I mean, there's so many of them. Of course. Shit. I mean, I got to meet Jim Carrey at the store. I got Jesus. to make eye contact with Quentin Tarantino at the store. <laughs> I told Jim Carrey, "Welcome home." After he hadn't been wow. at the store, I literally the told him that, and he gave me this big smile in his eyes and a head nod, and was all excited, and then turned and walked down that hallway. Now, this is when I was working the back stool. Okay. We all knew he was coming in that day, mind you. I mean, our generation, my generation specifically, I'm 30. Yeah. And uh, whatever years that was, where I must have been nine or 10 or 11 or whatever, yeah. when Jim carries on in living color, crushing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so. 
I remember Matt Edgar was working the lot that night, that one night. You know what I mean? That's how mm-hmm. clearly I remember it. So I'm on the back stool. He's on the lot, and we're both same age, same class. So you know Jim Carrey, and you're both huge fans. Jim Carrey. Yeah. I mean, it's off the I'm hook. 30. That's same, like, yeah, right, same thing. Right. We're, all that, we're all in that boat. So it, it, it hits hard. You know he's coming in this and that. And yeah, so that was one. And that's just unbelievable. That, was he even going up or just coming to hang? Just hanging out. Who was he watching? Whatever random show was just going back and welcome home Wednesday or Thursday. By the way, no, like the best thing to say, like you know that he was walking. That was the first, like you were the first person he saw. Yeah. So to say that, like, right, and that big smile, like you fucking made his night, man. Yeah, it was cool because he was probably like I'm sure a little of of, uh, minor trepidations about coming back, being like I haven't been here in a while. Like, there's gonna be Mm -hmm. some nervous feelings of like. But instead, he saw a little, and I mind you, I'm like 23. The the magnitude of it, skinnier and goofier looking than I even am now. So it's like a little, little mini him, sort of him. Mm -hmm. You know, big head. (laughs) <laughs> you know, whatever. Did he and, say that to you? Yeah, he called me big head. <laughs> he goes, I have, a f- I have a feeling this is going to resonate. <laughs> and then he slapped me in the face as hard as he could. <laughs> you would take that, though, right? Oh. <laughs> I'd laugh at it. Do it again, sir. I'd let Jim Carrey do anything. I'd, I'd go to the Bunny Ranch with Jim Carrey. Like, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, you, would, you would order the Jim Carrey I'd, at the Bunny I'd, Or I'd, the Pet Detective. I'd split. It's where you have to, put, have, to, have to go down a woman whose bush... Looks like a chihuahua. I'd split a Neapolitan with Jim Carrey. <laughs> Can you believe this, buddy? Let me show you something. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's how I like to picture wow. it, that he's Wait, doing his being character. Being at a whorehouse with Jim Carrey, yeah. and as he's going to town on these women, he's just quoting his movies. Right. <laughs> Every great Jim Carrey quote. Blow your load on my tits. All righty then. <laughs> Did you see the redhead? She's smoking. <laughs> Not like that ugly one in the corner. She needs a mask. <laughs> Hello, mask. He just starts quoting his right. thing. He's like, he's like, you're like, uh, you're like uh, Jim. I don't know if we're gonna be able to both be inside of the uh, chocolate one at the same time. And you're like, wait, 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 there might be a way. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> that, that's must, a stretch. He must work out. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, spoken pot at the store uh, with anybody. Like an idol that blew your mind, or just, or just, or a just terrible pot story in which you, an adventure that led to something that was just uh, because of the pot. Mm. Whether it was pre Comedy Store LA, maybe in Youngston. No, I'm one of those guys Youngstown. that can smoke and it doesn't really affect you. Affect me. Yeah. Oh, I might get a little bit goofy bastard. around certain people, <laughs> you know, but, and it, it's just me being like, I'll just bomb more. It doesn't make me funnier, it just makes me go for it more, you know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but so it doesn't, no, no, first time you smoked pot, but in high the school? one time I did mushrooms while working okay. a shift at the comedy oh. store, oh. was amazing. <laughs> okay, because it was a Halloween night, maybe like 2008, literally, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just a puppy, but the, one of the older employees at the time who had done it for years before me, he's like, Hey, you want to do mushrooms, dude? Just take a little, just take a little. And I took the li- tiniest little bit yeah. and, uh, it didn't hit me until I had to get on the ladder and change the marquee on the front out, out front of the and you just change it to help <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny uh, you're quick look thanks, at you yeah. hey, hey you bring it out of me he's got, uh, he's, he's got wow. skills wow alright so w- the hooker said that to me what did you uh, what did you that was just terrifying. Well, I got First of all, you're on a ladder. Yeah. yeah. I got up there, and for some reason, I thought I was on a boat all of a sudden. I'm like, why am I on a ladder on a boat? Oh, 
And I'm looking at this bright marquee, and cars are going by. Oh, yeah. Right on the tip. If you don't know where, where that is, the marquee for the county store is right on the edge of Sunset Boulevard. The heart of the That Sunset ladder is on the strip. sidewalk right. that is steps away yeah. from a lot of busy yeah. traffic. The House of Blues is across the street. Yeah. By the way, you were probably terrified, and you were only like two steps up, but you were just like looking down, being <laughs> yeah, like, "This right. is." So I, I didn't really <laughs> change the marquee. It turns out I just went out and pet a dog, but it felt <laughs> it felt like I changed the marquee. Uh, God, that 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 just tells me that I have to do mushrooms at some point in my damn yeah, life. But I hasn't done them yet, and I think I've done them three times. Oh, you totally got both have, yeah. All times have been successful. Oh, they'll change your life. You, you don't do them while working a shift at the comedy store. Sure. Oh, you go to uh, Joshua Tree, or, yes, which yeah. I haven't done yet, so I actually would be... Uh, you guys got to do it. It's, oh, it's, so it's, that's the uh, road trip, mushroom trip podcast that we have planned out. Well, or, if you turn it into a podcast, you'll freak yourself out. I'll tell you right <laughs> now. You don't want to do that. No. I, I don't want to hear that. the sound of my voice. Uh-uh. You don't want to... When I was on Shrooms for the first time, I looked in the mirror and was doing all sorts of weird faces. But I will tell you this: you go do mushrooms, you come back. Mm-hmm. Your next five podcasts will be it. It resets your brain. It cleanses your it cleanses your creative uh, output. Thing. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. oh wow, I get to really do this for a living. Okie dokie. I guess this is it. What would you do if you didn't do comedy? You said you worked at the steakhouse, which you probably that was a well. That was never going to be the permanent. Career. No, I was doing that for money. But uh, if I had to do something else, which I never will. Yeah. But I always I don't even like asking that question. I always say that like if I lost an eye or something like that, you wouldn't be the one-eyed comedian. No, no, I'd get out of the game. I wouldn't do that to audiences. Even, about that even though I'd make jokes. I mean, oh, I'm talking about like a droopy eye that like hangs something oh, okay. ugly, not like a cool eye patch or anything like that. <laughs> if you had an eye patch, that'd I'd, be dope. I'd be I a know. <laughs> In fact. I'm going to make it. And I just grind my eyeball out right now. Just to make, you can always look back on this episode of this podcast where I dug my eye out of its socket to become the one-eyed comedian. The Popeye of comedy. Whoa. Except spinach will not even help me. <laughs> what would you do? Uh, I'd want to. I'd want to be the offensive coordinator for a football team or, a, right. or a head coach. That's I right. just think that'd be so much fun. I'm really good at calling plays. I'm like really good at video games and sort of knowing what other people are going to do. You were the guy in Madden who took 55 minutes before the game started to set his plays, right? Actually, the opposite. I I like to call audibles and okay. So you're the guy it, at the line. Flip right. it off the. Defensive. I love that because you know I had a buddy that would always preset everything, and I literally it. Yeah. We'd sit down. And I'd be like, all right, I've got an hour to play after school before before practice. Cool, yeah. man. I like psychological warfare, and I love seeing it on the football <clears throat> uh, field. You know, like my favorite teams to watch is like Chip Kelly's team at the Eagles, and like just goofy. I like crazy stuff. I like it fast and. And strategic. Would you bring some comedy to the uh, to your audibles? Well, like you know, hey, let's have uh, Brad run on the field. Well, I <laughs> totally naked agree. Ass and like you know, well, you uh, know what? Obviously, I, who who would, then, who maybe would the, want that? Maybe the Neapolitan girls are on the <laughs> sidelines. Funny you mention that because I just <laughs> said Chip Kelly, right? And he's mm-hmm. from Oregon, and he's set that whole card lifting thing. I don't know if you ever saw oh, them yeah. do this. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. It's very, very, very funny. And what they do is they'll have four like symbols or faces celebrity faces like say it's your face in the top left adam's face in the top right you know a brad's on picture the of a screw right. and then a bald eagle yes exactly. and that's a play and they hold up one and somebody will hold up another one with four different things so you're looking at bill o'reilly uh big bird from sesame street a guitar and a lamp 
Yeah. By the way, this is like, uh, I'll take things I want to be stranded on a deserted island with for a thousand hours. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly? Wow. Break, break, no, no, break. a picture of Bill O'Reilly. Oh, picture of Bill O'Reilly. that would be the dartboard okay. that Big Bird will suggest that we oh, okay. play darts that, with. Well, that makes a guitar sense. under your lamp. <laughs> uh, so he would, do, so, okay, so that's a play. So yes, or is it? Or are they running the same play? Psychological oh, warfare. Man. Nobody knows what anything means. So you yeah. would implement the same type of uh, flashcards. It has to be hilarious. Mm-hmm. I think the flashcards for now. Again, like if I had to do it, I would think of something a little bit more evolved. Like whatever the next thing is. Maybe it's actual like people like riding a horse or something. Like oh, he waved twice from the pony. <laughs> you know, something really cool. I oh, think. I'm wait, a big so fan of, so not so so not a card of a picture of people riding a horse. No, two actual cowboys ride yes. a horse down the sideline yeah. you go oh shit that's the Statue of Liberty play alright right, let's do it yeah <laughs> oh, what a great idea well it should be fun it should be fun for the crowd they don't, it's it, an the enter- whole thing should be entertainment. it's entertainment yeah. you know I'm a huge fan of pro wrestling from when I was a kid and I mean I, I still sort of am now like I, I'll watch a couple pay-per-views a year or whatever because I just think it's so funny and awesome the theatrics and the, and the mm-hmm. entertainment parts of it's amazing what they do that's I went to my first Monday Night Raw two months ago live at two the Staples back. Center yeah oh. uh, blew my mind I'd never seen wrestling live before I'd never even been a big wrestling fan I had Hulk Hogan dolls oh. and shit uh <laughs> what a fucking <laughs> what the most I've never said that sentence by the way I'm I've had Hulk Hogan dolls and dolls and shit uh, <laughs> so that thing blew my mind the theatrics yeah. exactly what you said these guys, like as a performer, you have so much respect for them, right? Because like their their commitment level is through the roof, yeah. sure. And people aren't cheering the whole time. Yeah, they're doing chants. Everyone has a chant. And one day it was like, like a lot of like and guys and and then the wrestling aspect blows my mind because yeah. I feel like they all are gonna die at any moment. Yeah. yeah it, what do you love about it? Everything. I, <laughs> I think that. Uh, I think that it's so entertaining from the moment that they walk out and you hear the music and the crowds into it and they're whatever character. And that's sort of how I look at stand-up, by the way, is I look at everybody like a different character. You have your Sebastians, your Brad. We're all so different. We're I mean, all so yeah, different. And, and I wear spandex on stage, so it works. Right. Yes. Sure. And I wear wrestling shoes. <laughs> I, I do. I wear gold wrestling boots as of late i got them and i fell in love with them they're so comfortable wrestling shoes are one of the great kept secrets of the world that they're the best shoes because you're supposed to be mobile in them yeah like completely mobile totally and flexible and yet connected you're supposed to know where the ground is it's literally the best kind of shoe if you don't want to carry around a bunch of extra weight, you know. And now we'll be right back with our commercial for Gold's Wrestling Shoes. Wrestling Shoes. <laughs> Hi, I'm Danny Glover. <laughs> Ever been in a wrestling ring and you don't have the right sneakers on? Well, feel no more. Danny Glover's Gold Tip Wrestling Shoes. That's right. If you're at the Bunny Ranch getting ready to fuck a Neapolitan Swiss Swirl match or even getting your dick sucked by a dwarf at the Super Bowl, these shoes will help you in any situation. Right, Tony? Gold shoes. Gold shoes. Of course. (laughs) That's the slogan. It's written on the back of the heel. Danny Glover, gold-tipped sneaker wrestling shoes. You you go with the gold (laughs) shoes? You's never gonna lose. (laughs) (laughs) That's my son, little Danny. (laughs) Danny. He's white, but he talks like he's black. (laughs) Danny Glover Jr. White as fuck. (laughs) That's uh, a Disney film. That should be made. True. They Absolutely. shouldn't have made Operation Dumbo Drop. They no. should have made Danny Glover Jr. White as fuck. No, that's his comedy special. <laughs> you know, I'm something always, as I'm fuck a- is a great name for a, a comedy special. <laughs> I am. A, I'm a huge fan of Danny, and uh, one could call me a Glover lover. <laughs> oh, I'm 
sorry, guys. That's one of the ones that Cody, I would no. bring it at home. Oh. Yes, no, we'll no, we'll, we'll we'll end on we'll end on Glover Lover. <laughs> Has anybody ever tried to take a bite of your toaster uh, of your coaster? It's oh. a toaster. What? Yep. Mind blown. <laughs> just when I, I I tried to get out, I'm like, let's let everybody forget that I just made that wordplay joke. I say, what's up with this coaster shaped like toast? You call it a toaster. That's what it's called. When you try to get away from the wordplay, <laughs> it just comes back. <laughs> Tony, I feel like you could be hosting a wordplay type game show in about, I want to say 20 years, but... Now. Two years, man. Now. I, I currently just hosted a... I just uh, saw that B thing. Yeah. I haven't told you yet. Very funny. Thank you. And when I saw it, I go, yeah. I think it was one of those things where I was just like, hadn't pictured you in that I play an evil bee uh, yeah. that does an ambush spelling bee show. I go up to people on the street. I'm like, how, do you, how good do you think you can spell? I'm like, good. You want to win 500 bucks? Which is great because yeah. everyone thinks they're not a terrible speller. Right. Sure. Because you don't want to let yourself in on that, like being like, all right, I didn't win the spelling bee, but fucking who can't spell tree and cat? Hey, right. did you forget there's other words? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what's funny, too. And then they get confident, and everybody keeps going. And when I tell them, I'm going, I go, the next word's going to be hard. It's going to get harder. I'll keep going. If I can spell cat, then of course I can spell philosophy. <laughs> it's like, no, you can't. <laughs> Your first letter was F. That's not how you spell philosophy. <laughs> and you're dressed as a bumblebee. <laughs> uh, sort of, yeah. I got a little cardigan. They gave yeah. me some antenna uh, and some wings. That's what my uh, agent man or, uh, manager were able to negotiate down for the actual B costume. I swear <laughs> to God, by the way. Oh, uh, I, I'm not even kidding. They originally Hinchcliffe isn't going full B. <laughs> Full-blown B. I swear to God that's what happened. That's how funny that is. Is that not hilarious? Oh, my God. So you, so you isn't like, going full B. Look, we, like, we like the idea. We just want, we just want, uh, we just want to let you know he's not going to go full B. Uh, you know, Tony likes to wear a cardigan a lot and a dress shirt, so maybe you can get a B design cardigan. How about some antenna. Uh, we're gonna have to think Let's get about back it. to you. Yeah, I right. swear to God, the antenna was the. Uh, we had a couple emails back and forth over the antenna. I'm trying. Of course. I think we're, I think we're really gonna have to just uh, take a loss at the antenna. <laughs> you know, that's Tony. If you if you want to get the cardigan to be your size, you're gonna have to wear the antennas. <laughs> like this. Or else they're gonna give you a big cardigan. <laughs> And you don't want to look like too big of a bee. <laughs> De Niro's my agent. <laughs> and, that was, and, and, that, and, and that was his advice to you back in the day. Yeah. Like, hey, you don't want to be looking too big of a bee. Yeah, you don't, don't want to be the bee. Anything, yeah. Yeah. That's You're, what he said inside the actor's studio when he's addressing the students. What would you say to us young actors? Yeah, don't be the bee. <laughs> Real buzzkill. <laughs> oh, Come on. you. I did it again. Show. That's the show. Subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast. Give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also... 
Get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessamay Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Slicing Driving Friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.